dawn on a stretch of motorway just outside Istanbul in Turkey. This piece of road looks like any other highway in the world, notable only for its twin tunnels. The sound of an engine firing up breaks the silence. But this isn't a car, a bike, or even a truck. This is the sound of an aeroplane. 29 years of dreaming this moment. I'm just, I'm just a guy with, with, a, with a big dream. I mean, the first idea, of course, it's, it's crazy because uh, the, the airplane is not meant to be <laughs> in that position and uh, it's way more spectacular than I, I thought it will be. As much as the video may look like a crazy Italian flying through a tunnel, in my experience, it, it comes from a, an incredibly professional, incredibly talented and hard-working pilot and a, a, a very humble dude. My whole life I tried to do this, but this project is for me the ultimate way to prove that it doesn't matter where you come from, but you can really, really dream big. I'm Nick Bright and you're listening to Beyond the Ordinary from Red Bull. In this episode, we'll hear about one of the most extraordinary, spectacular and record-breaking manoeuvres ever performed in a plane. We'll introduce a very special pilot who was first inspired watching cartoons as a young boy growing up in Italy. Following that inspiration until, almost 30 years later, he's writing his name into the aviation record books. This is the incredible story of Dario Costa. And if you want more stories from Beyond the Ordinary, make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm just a guy with, with, uh, with a big dream. When I was a kid, since I was very, very young, since I was one year old, apparently, I was very passionate of flying and uh, cars. So I grew up with these two, with these two fixed points in my, in my head. But at the same time, I didn't have really the, that life that could help me to, to get these big dreams uh, reality easily. This is Dario Costa. He's 41 years old and he's from Italy. Dario's a professional race and stunt pilot. You might have seen him competing in Red Bull's air race, but just after dawn on September the 4th, 2021. He flew his aeroplane through two tunnels along Turkey's northern Marmara Highway. No one had ever flown a plane through a tunnel before. The largest vehicles to pass through this stretch of road were the cars and trucks heading towards Turkey's largest city, Istanbul. Dario named the project Tunnel Pass, and he'd been dreaming about it since he was a boy. If you think of a plane every day, you must have thought about a plane flying through a tunnel. I can't believe that nobody ever thought about that you know and you can see the cartoons video games movies everybody at least once have put a plane in a tunnel but never for real 
The idea came to my mind in 1992, watching a Disney cartoon. Since I was even younger, I had an idol, which was Aladdin. Aladdin was pretty much, to me, representing me, more or less, and was something that uh, my grandma used to tell me the stories of, uh, of, of this book, where Aladdin was in, and uh, I grew up with this, with this character in my, in my brain, and I was, I was really in love with this, with this character. I was really uh, in love with him because he flew with, he was, he flew with the, um, used to fly with the magic carpet, you know, and in, when the cartoon came out, I was just, that scene that is at the beginning of the cartoon where Aladdin on his magic carpet had just found the magic carpet in this cave, came out of the desert in a cave that was closing and was exactly like a tunnel, you know. And in many ways, Dario's story mirrors that of his cartoon hero Aladdin, as he explains. That scene of the of the of Aladdin coming out of the cave, so coming out from from the desert, which was where I grew up, also in in my early years, and that was kind of metaphorically talking, was kind of what I wanted, was what I what I dreamed in that moment of my life. I wanted to go out of that cave somehow with the magic carpet, and that cave was was choking me in that moment, you know. So it was was kind of keeping me very down. It was. It was keeping my, was killing all my dreams in that year. So that was a very delicate year of my life that I will unfortunately never forget. But at the same time, that scene stayed in my brain the whole life. And I grew up thinking there will be the moment that I will do that, you know. Dario is half Italian, half Iranian. His parents fled the country when Iran voted to become an Islamic Republic. I was not even born. It was 1979 and my, my parents got married on that day of the revolution. My family used to be very wealthy in, in Iran at that time. But at the same time, my family was one of the first families that had to abandon everything. So they had to escape and uh, they literally escaped and left everything back. So they, they, they lost everything. Dario's parents arrived in the UK, where he was born soon after, before the Costa family moved to Libya, and then finally settling in Bologna, Italy, a region that's steeped in motorsport history. Home to manufacturers like Ferrari, Lamborghini and Maserati. And it was here that the young Dario first experienced flying. I remember my very first solo flight which was in Bologna. I had uh, between 16 and 17 years old. So I was very, very nervous, but I knew I had the capabilities and the preparation to do it. So that everything, in the moment I started, the engine stopped bothering me in my mind. And I was just focused on, and just one thing was in my mind, which was do your job, you know, do your flight, go up. And I took off and I looked to the right and there was no instructor, it was quite cool. And then I landed and I was the happiest kid in the world, probably. But Costa's flying career was almost grounded before it had time to take off. My life, in a way, told me, you're not going to make it. I was still at the high school and I finished the money. I didn't have money. So that was the moment that, that, that my family basically told me, you can't fly anymore. That was a moment that I, I felt the, the ground just collapsing. And that's when I felt lost a little bit. And then if I look back and I look back to the, to the, to the bad moments, I have to say thank you to every single door that has been closed in my face. Because every single of these moments 
is when I got stronger. Dario began teaching at his local flying club in exchange for time in the sky and lessons in aerobatics. It was at this stage in his life that Dario first met this man. I'm uh, Flying Mirko. I'm I'm helicopter pilot here at the Flying Bulls. He's not a typical Italian. You know, the Italians are, are talking a lot. They are very noisy. They are, are moving their hands a lot. <laughs> uh, he is more quiet and... Uh, yeah, he's a special person, but uh, really nice guy. Mirko Flame, a fellow pilot. But instead of planes like Dario, he flies helicopters. Aviation is a place where a lot of different people come together. They meet at one level, but they are coming from different lives. It's a very unique place where you meet a lot of nice, unique, but also annoying people. <laughs> The way how, how Dario and I got into aviation was probably not the easiest way. It's nice to see how, how he, in the end he managed to get to the point where he, uh, he, he wanted to go, but with a lot of effort, with a lot of commitment, with, uh, he invested everything, not only money-wise, but also life-wise to, to get to that point. So it's uh, incredible. Yeah. Dario's determination and focus soon paid dividends. In 2016, he became the first Italian to qualify for Red Bull's Air Race World Championship. Two years later, he joined the Challenger Cup competition, reaching the podium in only his second race. A visit to the top step of the winner's rostrum was celebrated the following year. I just fall in love. I mean, it was just a combo, the perfect combo of my passions, motorsport and flying. A quick glance through Red Bull's YouTube channel and you're guaranteed to find a clip of Dario performing some groundbreaking stunt with his plane. He's the guy who flew in sync with a freestyle skier. He's the pilot who Formula One turned to to spectacularly open the Austrian Grand Prix. And he's the first man with his friend Mirko to do this. One maneuver we did together, and we trained a lot for this for this formation barrel roll with helicopter and airplane. We talked about it years before, and then in the end, after quite some training and, and trying the flying, uh, we managed to do. But despite all Dario's achievements in aerobatics, he couldn't stop thinking about Tunnel Pass, his most demanding and complex stunt yet. I grew up thinking that there would have been a moment where I uh, could start working on this project and 2018 was the year I felt ready to do so. So it was I kind of, okay Dario, now you are ready, you have, you have the knowledge or you have the knowledge to ask for support and get ready for such a project. Could it be done? Could you really fly an aeroplane through a tunnel? His friend Mirko wasn't so sure. I mean, the first idea, of course, it's, it's crazy because uh, the, the airplane is not meant to be <laughs> in that position. And uh, you realize that how it is and, and how it's, it's way more spectacular than I, I thought it will be. Marcel Stenner is a Brazilian aerobatic pilot. He remembers the first time Dario told him about Tunnel Pass. This is something unseen, something that nobody else could even uh, imagine in the world of aviation in which we have a very strong basis related to safety. And I know Dario very well. And uh, Dario is most possibly the pilot in the world who cares more about safety. So for me, when he came with this project, 
at the first sight, I was like, this is a little bit too much. But from the other side, I know that Dario, he cannot be seen as a daredevil or someone who took a risk. He has the scientist mindset. So I'm also aware that if he had this idea in mind, and for so long as he described it to me, he was thinking about every single detail of it, from the physics to the flying to even minor details related to wind or the lightning and the conditions inside the tunnel. But still, for me, it was a little bit too much. If Dario was ever going to achieve the seemingly impossible, he needed a great team around him. Step forward, Anthony Hill, Dario's lead technician on Tunnel Pass. I mean, I've been friends with Dario for years now anyway, several years since he was in the air race and so on. And then one day he pulled me aside and he said, right, I've got to tell you something now. You're not allowed to tell anyone. I'm working on a project. And then he explained the, the whole thing to me. And of course, probably like anyone's reaction, whether you're involved in aviation or not involved in aviation, I was a bit shocked at first because it sounds nuts. But then as time went on uh, and he asked me to help a little bit more and I, I got a bit more involved in the preparation for the actual project, it, it got more interesting to me. I've had people say things to me and ask me things since the project about Dario. You know, he's, wow, does he need this for his ego? Is he the type of person that likes doing crazy things like this? He has a, a wife and a child, etc., etc. But yeah, I feel I know Dario pretty well. And strangely enough, in my experience with him in this project, it comes from a completely different place within him. As much as the video may look like a crazy Italian flying through a tunnel, in my experience it, it comes from a, an incredibly professional, incredibly talented and hard-working pilot and a, a very humble dude. Anthony and the team set to work making Dario's dream a reality, starting with his plane. I love my plane and I, I, I keep working on it every day. I could have taken a smaller plane and it would have been easier, of course, but I, I wanted to do it with my daily machine. And uh, that's was, that was the, whole, the whole story. It's about me learning how to go through a tunnel and not me finding a way to get a machine that is able to fly. So it was, was a, a man mission, it was not a machine mission. One of the things that was interesting for me is uh, I've done limited work on that type of plane before this project. It's a very high-performance aircraft, very lightweight, very powerful engine. But one important part of the project was to take off in a tunnel. That was, that was one of the records that, that was broken. And so we wanted to make the plane as light as possible um, and also as aerodynamic as possible. So there are already some things on the plane that, that, that make it more aerodynamic, the wingtips, for example. In the tunnel, in preparation for the project, we put tape over every single fastener and screw that was protruding on the aircraft just to, to cut down any turbulence whatsoever. So long story short, making the plane as light as possible, uh, as aerodynamic as possible, and removing any, anything unnecessary in the plane for the run. That's the mechanics taken care of, but what about Dario himself? How did he need to prepare? What we did 
and the suggestion of Red Bull Motorsport, which was a great suggestion, was let's go to Bionic Surface Technology and ask them to tell us what theoretically will happen if you fly a plane through a tunnel, through, through that tunnel, and you fly your plane through that tunnel without doing anything to the plane, without doing anything to the tunnel. And the result was, basically, was, Dario, you have to be very fast in reacting, because at some point, in, in, in very specific points, you will have to react, otherwise the plane will hit the roof or will hit the ground. So, so you need to be fast. How fast do you have to be? 250 milliseconds. I say, okay, how fast I am now? 430, more or less, I was. So we sit together with the physio. So the basis has to be, Dario has to become very, very fit. That is enough fit not to be distracted mentally. And the second thing, he has to be very fast and very precise. So hand-eye and foot-eye coordination has to be optimal. Then we put together all these goals and they prepare a training which was very cool, which was a combination of, of mental, cognitive and physical training. When you see the pilots uh, flying a plane, it seems to be easy and you just have to learn how to fly a plane and you don't have to take care a lot about your body. But if you know Dario's project and if you also know his aerial um, flights, it's a lot of G-force happening and so it's a lot of impact for the body. And the other thing I think generally was with his project, he had fly a tunnel, no one did it before. So there was a lot of open questions and that also meant he had to think about everything that could eventually happen to be sure that he can solve the problem in that situation. David Dinifil is a physiotherapist and trainer who worked closely with Dario on Tunnel Pass. So from the mental skills, it was a hard work with our mental um, performance coach. And from my point of view, it was a lot about reaction. It was a lot about um, getting the body fit. That is no nothing irritating him while he's doing that project. No pain, nothing he can um, maybe feel while he's um, in the plane. So there were a lot of uh, steps we went through until he really was able to do it. Specific exercise was me on the balance board. With the neck pull, with the with the neck pull, with elastic band from from David, the physiotherapist that was pulling it in in different ways, and um, and a big screen in front of me, a touch screen that I, where there was the video that we took with the car, with a 360 camera on the roof of the car where I was driving the tunnel as if I was flying it, and the height was the same, so the visual, the, the point of view was more or less the same I would have had when I was flying, when I was supposed to fly, and this. This video was, was going, so for 40 seconds I had this video in front of me and on the screen were appearing different colors, different balls with different colors and I had to hit as fast as possible the, 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 the balls of a, of a specific color. So it required precision, it required strength, it required balance, so foot-eye coordination, hand-eye coordination for the precision, plus I had to be very, very fast. He's also a guy who really wants to push limits and he wants to do things no one has done maybe before. So the pilots uh, also around him, I think they were also not sure what he's doing there and why he, he does so much workout in the gym. But in the end, he also changed his full body structure. He went really to the training also three times a week. He got more muscle, he got more stability in the shoulder blade, which then helped to be more precise with his hand. 
And all these steps helped him in the end that his mind was ready and his mind was set. I think that made the difference. I knew he was ready because his mindset was progressing. Dario's good friend, Marcel Stenner. It was a combination of technical preparation together with physical, being physically fit, which is something revolutionary for our sport because usually the pilots don't care so much about being a real athlete. And he took this direction to become a real physically and mentally fit athlete in order to perform the tunnel task. He sent me a photo of the plane in the tunnel one day before. And when I saw the photo, I thought like, oh my God, this, this tunnel is really narrow, really narrow. And, uh, but I thought he's ready for that. But of course, trying to fly a plane through a tunnel isn't without its risks. All the last projects that I've, I, I've done in the past were very physical. There was a lot of uh, G-force involved, tight turns, you know, all this kind of very dynamic flying. While in the tunnel pass, precision was the protagonist. So fine flying was the protagonist. So being very, very precise. But at the same time, I had to have a very quick reaction time. So the, the balance of the two has been the most difficult factor to train. So being very fast in reacting, but at the same time being very precise. Like in the racetrack or in the Formula 1 track review, I had always an escape, which was upwards, you know? I could, something wrong, I just pull the strongest I can and I go up like a rocket. In this case, I had no way to do that and I had to stop myself of thinking of that possibility. So I had really learn and, and retrain myself on escape routes. Which, which there were not. Strangely enough, flying through a tunnel, it's a, it, it seems incredibly dangerous, but, but everything done for 12 months leading up to this project was based around safety. This plane is very easy to fly. Let's say it's not very easy to pilot, but it's very easy to make it do what you are willing to do. So you look to the left, it goes to the left. You look to the right, it goes to the right. You look down, it goes down. You look up, it goes up. So, so it was very important that I kept my focus and my eyes in the right aim, let's say. If at any point any one of the people involved in the, the sort of core team of the project, if, I, I think if anyone had have said, listen, this is really a bad idea, then the project probably would have been cancelled, be that the mental trainer, the physical trainer, myself or Dario himself. I, I think everyone would have said, okay, then all good, but everyone was confident in their area that, uh, that everything was, was going to go well, and at the end of the day, it did. And for both Dario and his technician, Anthony Hill, working on the project had some unwanted side effects. For 14 months, so since the first day that, that, that I said, okay, this is the tunnel, let's start, it was very, very hard for me not to wake up every night and asking myself if the idea was good. So I didn't even have to fly through a tunnel, but, uh, but still, yes, there were nights and mornings where I was waking up just thinking of some little detail, and I, I even I would write them down or note them in my phone, have to talk to Dario about this. Yeah, it, it occupied my thoughts for, for quite some time. And the more I, I, we worked on preparing for this project, 
and the better it was, you know. So the less I was, I was worried. I was getting, I was getting very, very good. I was like self-confident. I say, I'm doing my homework. The, my whole life, I've been telling myself, talent does not exist, and this is what saved me, and what made my dream become reality. Because if you believe in talent, you can't have self-confidence because it means that you have to believe that you were born for flying through a tunnel, which is stupid, you know. I can't believe this. I was not born to fly through a tunnel. I was not born to fly. I was not born to be very good in air racing. All these things, I had to work hard, do homework, respectful, make sacrifices, be dedicated, and this came out as a result. But once I got there, in Turkey, the whole thing started to be again a big question mark. Like, Dario, you're gonna do it in four days. You're gonna do it in three days. You're gonna do it in two days. You're gonna do it tomorrow. You're gonna do it in 10 minutes. So the question mark came back and said, did you train enough? Did you do correctly the homework? And my heart starts to pulse very slowly, but very big. I feel like that the heart wants to go out of my chest. But then I sit in the cockpit, I close the canopy, I start the engine. And you know, I know that what I've been working for a year, is gonna happen. What I've been working for actually 29 years is gonna happen, it's gonna be good. Preparations complete, it was time for Dario to take flight. Dario and Anthony take up the story. Right when the run was about to happen, it takes about seven or eight minutes for the engine to warm up. Those seven or eight minutes, I must say, were a pretty it was a pretty surreal time. Dario was just sat there, calm as can be, looking at us all, gave us all the nod, and when, when we gave him the, the clear to go, I was quite surprised that I didn't get butterflies or anything, because it was exactly as I had watched him in training. This was going exactly as planned, and I just made sure that I moved onto the center line of the run and just watched the whole run for the 43 seconds. If you ask me, what do you remember? I tell you, I remember when I had to blink, which was out of the first tunnel, then was in the first in the second tunnel as soon as past the entry, because these are the critical points, so right after the critical points, and right after where the shape of the second tunnel changes. So from ground goes, goes square. So these are, these are the moments I remember. But for example, I was supposed to blink at that moment, but I don't remember that I did it. But when I watched the video, I said, Oh man, I blinked. I blinked exactly where I wanted, but without knowing it. So this is just to explain you and just to make, make you understand. I don't remember anything I did, but I did it. I did properly the things that I had in mind. I had to counteract different aerodynamic effects. So there were the ones that we knew, and then there were, there were a couple that we thought could come, but I, I was not even considering them that were coming so much. So for example, the floor is inclined 2.5 degrees, and you can see I'm, I'm, I'm moving the plane a lot to counteract this, and the, the roof effect is coming up and is sucking me. So I had to counteract this, but I simply flew the plane. So I didn't have to think about it. I just did my job, but my perception was just three, four seconds of flight. The, the adrenaline and the relief came when I saw his wingtips appear 2.1 kilometers away at the end of the second tunnel. The, the team of us then ran out of the tunnel to the landing area. 
all screaming and shouting and there may have even been a little tear or two amongst us uh, out of, I think, pure relief that, that the, the year's work had, had uh, gone down successfully. Forty-four seconds of flight, 2.26 kilometres of tunnel, speeds over 245 kilometres an hour, with a reaction time less than 250 milliseconds. Dario had done it. He'd flown his plane through not one, but two tunnels. The dream that had begun watching Aladdin as a 12-year-old became a reality on that Saturday in September, on the highway leading to Istanbul. No wonder when his plane shot out of the other side of the tunnel, the Italian pulled it into a celebratory loop. It's first was the joy and the relief. And uh, right after was just the, you know, 300 people were there. 40 people have been working for months. Rebel have been supporting me with training, with airplane, with technician to make this happen. 29 years of dreaming this moment, I, I mean, would have been impossible for me not to cry. It's, it's, just, it's just the biggest emotion that I've ever felt in my flying career was more than my first solo flight, was more than my first air race track flight. You know, you have so many people, you have so much responsibility. You want to give back something to the, to the community. You want to give back something to the world because people, people are saying, why did you do it? I said, man, I just proved you that you can dream big, as big as you want but you need the people around you sometimes to support you to do this, you know. They didn't know me, most of them didn't know me. They just said, we trust you, you know. So, so the hard work that, that we all put was all on my shoulders and I, I really felt, felt like, yes, we made it. By his side on the day was Dario's physio and friend, David Dinefil. Finally getting to this plane and standing there beside him, waiting, Will he do it or not? And finally you hear the engine, how it's roaring up and, and then he, he did it and it was so fast happening. But all the emotions afterwards were just incredible and it was really cool to be on site and have the direct experience with him and sharing this special moment. When I finally saw that he did it, I was like, oh my God, this guy did something. He really left a mark in this aviation sports community. This is something unseen. Dario's good friend, Marcel Stenner. It was like a true sportsman challenge. It was not like a daredevil going there and risking. It was a, a display of high skills combined with a full-time work on preparation, physically and psychologically. I think he wanted to leave a mark, to do something nobody never did. I never flown in the town in my life. Nobody ever done it. So the, there was a big question mark in my head if everything would have been like we expected or, or there would have been something to, to improvise, fixing, uh, improvising. So it, yeah, it was a big relief, of course. 
but big, big happiness. That was the biggest emotion of the two. The first aeroplane flight through a tunnel. The first aeroplane to travel through two tunnels. The first aeroplane takeoff from a tunnel. The longest flight under a solid obstacle. And the Guinness World Record for longest tunnel flown through with an aeroplane. Dario and his team have written new chapters in aviation history. In 1992, when I was 12 years old, I got this idea. 29 years after, I did it for real. My whole life I tried to do this, but this project is for me the ultimate way to prove that it doesn't matter where you come from and how much money you have and how much you are lucky, but you can really, really dream big, you know? You can really go for it. What I've learned from the project through working with Daria is that he, he had a vision and a, and a goal of what he wanted to do, but he realized very early on that you can't do it alone, that he needs a, a team to do it. As it turned out, in the end, every person within the team apparently did their job quite well and, uh, and, and he achieved something great because of that. Pilot, record breaker, dreamer. The Tunnel Pass project took a team of 40 people more than a year of work, involving countless hours of specifically developed training and a re-evaluation of aviation technology. It was an incredible feat of engineering, determination and precision flying. But now that it's over, is lead technician Anthony Hill finally getting a good night's sleep? Funny that you ask. Just this morning, I was awake at 2.30 in the morning thinking of something about the project, even though the project has already been. And I had to bring myself down a bit and say, but we did it. Like, we did it. It's done. But still now, it, it's still... Uh, uh, pretty prominent in my in my thoughts and, and and memories. So after rewriting the record books, what's next for Dario Costa? And would he do it all again? A thousand times. I w- I will redo this forever. I mean, it's yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, the ho- the whole the whole year of work has been the most happy moment of my sporting career. I learned so much of myself, training with the guys. I learned so much from them. And uh, they, they made me such a, such a better athlete. It was worth it and I will probably continue doing the same training routine forever. If you enjoyed what you've heard, don't forget to follow this series wherever you get your podcasts. Watch Dario fly through the tunnel on Red Bull TV now and stay tuned for the documentary on Red Bull TV. I'm Nick Bright. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.